Welcome back to the Geek-Centric Podcast, and welcome to our quick-fire review for Last Night in Soho. Joining me, as always, we have my lovely two co-hosts, Nathaniel, Kevin, how are you, boys? Nathaniel? Yeah, I used your full name. That feels very formal. It's very formal, very 60s of you. Nathaniel. Very 60s of you. I feel like I should uh, maybe get my my silk dress on and strut down the runway. What do you think? I think that that's definitely something I would be interested in seeing. Um, So before we actually get into our quickfire review here, uh, why don't I just give our audience a little bit of background about this movie. Last Night in Soho is a film about an aspiring fashion designer who is mysteriously able to enter the 1960s where she encounters a dazzling wannabe singer. But the glamour is not all it appears to be, and the dreams of the past start to crack and splinter into something darker. This movie is, of course, written and directed by Edgar Wright. Uh, He also has Christy wilson Cairns as secondary screenplay writer. Stars Thomasin McKenzie, Anya Taylor-Joy, Matt Smith, Michael Ajayo, Diana Rigg, and Terrence Stamp. Uh, this movie is actually hitting theaters October 29th, which is is actually, guys, is I think perfect timing, kind of Halloween. Yes. Yeah, spooky. there's there's some vibes to this that certainly fit into yeah. this time of the year. I think yeah. absolutely. So yeah, with that, huge thanks to the PR team behind the movie for giving us early access before its October 29th release. Of course, this is going to be spoiler free. We're going to give you our quick fire thoughts: what worked, what didn't work, and we're going to wrap it up. Kev, why don't you start us off? Um, you know what? I really, really wanted to love this movie. And for the first third, maybe even the first half of this movie, I did. I think there are a lot of things about this movie that I really, really liked. Um, but you can almost break this movie down into three different segments, three different genres. And I think the third act kind of falls apart a little. And I found that a bit disappointing. Um also, when you have Thomson McKenzie and Anya Taylor-Joy, two of the most promising uh, upcoming female actresses in the world, I just wish that they were maybe given a little bit more to work with. Um, so again, as much as I thought there were elements of the film that really, really worked, and I'll, I look forward to talking about those a bit more, I did feel a little let down by the time the movie wrapped up. Yeah, I mean... I hear you, especially on that third act, and we'll get into that. But you mentioned Thomas and McKenzie, Anya Taylor-Joy. I thought their casting was was actually really well done. I actually really enjoyed their performances. Yeah. And I thought that, um, especially Thomas and McKenzie, uh, you know, I've seen her in a few other things. And, and you talk about, you know, what she's given to work with. I saw her in Old, and you see her there, and it, and it, it just... It really, it's it's just unfortunate mm. that she had to be a part of that movie because she's so talented. And then you see her in something like Jojo Rabbit, and you you you're instantly charmed by her. And I think this movie does the same thing with her character. the 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 second that she gets onto the screen, I was just having a good time. I was smiling. Yeah. Um. And she really is a very endearing mm-hmm. uh, character with Eloise. Um, so I, I really enjoyed that. I thought Anya Taylor-Joy was mysterious, uh, and she she played to her strengths with the character that she had. Um, but, dude, I, I liked a lot of this movie, like you said, Kevin. 
but there there are some standout issues that I have with it that we'll get into. Yeah, like you both of you are absolutely right. Like this movie, there's there's so much to love about it from a from a performance standpoint as well. Like Thomas and McKenzie did an outstanding job. Ani Taylor Joy added the right amount of lore and felt very 60s. And one of the things I did really love is is some of the conventional aesthetical qualities of Edgar Wright, the quick cuts, yes. the rapid takes, the sort of the sort of spectacle of treats with fantastical camera techniques and and you know how it weaved together the story and the use of of reflections as as sort of a trope that that helps define the journey of this character as a reflection of time that worked really really well i think they did a really good job setting things up i do think this movie falls apart in in, in the third act and and just doesn't know what it wants it doesn't it doesn't yeah. know what it wants to be and there's just a mishmash it just falls apart right so in that third act i also yeah i mean listen the 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 way that edgar wright found a way to like slowly introduce us to the setting of the movie mm through the visuals like i'm not going to yeah. spoil that aspect of it but it's really cool how it's Thank used you. and how it's done to 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 really help you understand where we are and and what this character is all about and what she's going through right through the visuals and also through the music the soundtrack oh, is phenomenal yeah, 1960s tracks and the coolest thing that they do with them they make you feel happy when she's happy and they make you feel scared with with this incredible intentionality, even though the tracks that we're hearing are bubbly, the way they use them yeah. during some of these terrifying moments is fantastic. Yeah. And I downloaded that soundtrack as soon as we left the theater. Yeah, the, I mean, your your spot on the soundtrack might be one of the strongest elements of the the movie. And I think in a previous effort like Baby Driver, I think he relies too heavily on that, and it almost came off a bit cheesy for me. Whereas here, it does do such a great job of setting the tone for whatever that tone is. The picture purposely. works yeah. well yeah. as a, an homage and a, a, a 60s sort of flashback retrospective. And it works really, really well as this sort of mystery suspense thriller that you get throughout the middle chunk of the movie. But when it shifts to this conventional horror movie, I don't. I think it all kind of falls apart, you know, for me at least. Right. Yeah, you know, Nate, you and I, after the movie, uh, we were just quickly chatting and we made the comparison between this film and something like Cruella, which, again, yep. used older music to help feel more encompassed and, and immersed in that time period. And that's very much the way it's used here and at times. And I loved how it's weaved into the soundtrack. Uh, another element from Cruella that feels very fitting is fashion. Uh, fashion, again, is used as part of a, the story, but it's also like these elements uh, that help add to the character, the outfits and the way they change and the looks of the character. See, I agree with you, Justin, on some of that. I think that is one of the things that I was I found a little lacking for me i think the fashion and costume design is is really effectively used for a very specific aspect of the narrative that i'm not going to dive too deep on but that aspect of the movie goes away for a large part of it and so i would have loved to see more dynamic uses of costumes to tell the story in the same way that the visuals in the same way that the music did because i think it it could have elevated that aspect of the story of eloise even further for me and made this movie stand out a little higher. Spot on. You get you get flashes of it and when it happens it's it it elevates everything. It elevates the performances, it elevates yes. the storytelling. 
And when it's not there, it, it almost detracts from those elements. Yeah. You know, our our main character Eloise is in a in a, a ratty tank top or t-shirt for half of the movie, and yeah, and yeah, it's almost missing some more of those elements to sort of enhance everything. Again, I guess I can't really get into spoilers, but as we reach towards the end, things just become less colorful, right? And they become darker. So um, I enjoyed that. Well, I mean, listen, as it gets to the end, let's let's talk a little bit about that, because I think we're all sort of dancing around this this uh, elephant in the room here. I think that that was it. The pacing uh, at the beginning is slow and it's forgivable because you see how well they build out this character and the 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 other characters around her. But but the third act just drags and it wavers between what it, I think it wants to be genre wise and it didn't settle. It didn't settle into what I think they intended it to be. And that was the part that that brought this movie down for me, took me out of it. And uh, and I was just I was very disappointed because much like you, Kevin, like I was so amped for the first half of this movie. I was like, they're hitting this. And and yeah, they just it just sort of falls apart. And I know. Uh, trust me, I'm no writer. I know, but you know, I know that the third act of a movie is usually the hardest thing to nail. Yeah, um, yeah. and unfortunately, it, it for me it didn't. Yeah, it didn't. yeah the, the yeah. writing almost in a lot of ways, yeah, just falls to the the background here. And this is where I mean, where we've got these two terrific actresses who just don't have much to work with. I think that third act is where Diana Rigg and Terrence Stamp, these veteran actors come with these these big performances and almost steal the third act of the 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 movie but our main characters are almost too absorbed in this in 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 this storytelling that relies on kind of just very generic v8 uh, visual effects that that take away from this natural raw gritty story that we had been getting for so much of the movie and you you know you mentioned the the aspect of conventional um, I think this movie is anything but conventional up until that third act. Mm. And when it starts to s- slowly become that conventional horror movie third act, it that was disappointing. You know, again, I understand that we're stoked that this is coming out around Halloween. I thought it was going to be scarier uh, than I actually found it to be. But 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 that last that last part was just I, there were moments where I was sort of just I found it a bit cheesy. Yes. And and, and I was just like, it's. Okay, they're just full-blown horror movie now, I guess. And But horror fans won't find it to be scary horror. And people right. who want more of a, a suspense mystery story will find it distracting and taking away from those yeah. plot elements that we were really finding engrossing in that middle chunk of the movie. It just, yeah. Again, yeah. we, we keep harping on it and, you know, not to beat a dead horse, but... No, you should still go see it, I think, you know? Oh, there's so many elements. It's his, it's his best Sorry. movie in years, for sure. No, for sure. I, I, I think I think there's 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 pros and cons to this movie. Um, but, you know, with that, I think let's let's bring let's bring this quick fire to to a to a close here. All right. So well, with that, let's let's move right into wrapping this up with with our, our final score. Uh, for the movie based on what we've just discussed here in terms of what worked and what didn't work. Let's score this out of five aspiring fashion designers. Kev, let's start with you. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I Again, I think the movie does an incredible job of capturing this vibe of the 60s that our main character is absolutely in love with. And you can feel her passion for that era through her actions, through her passion, through her excitement at discovering new things. And I, f- I found myself so engrossed in her journey, and I wanted that to almost continue a bit more. And instead, we sort of 
diverge away from that and it the movie just loses focus for me and so again it's a it's a, a struggling third act this is almost as bad as baby driver ending with two people in cars fighting each other you know it's just like maybe edgar has lost the touch in how to wrap up a movie because as you said nate that third act is always going to be the toughest to sort of get right and nail like we've said this is definitely worth checking out especially for fans of edgar wright for fans of of yeah. uh, anya and and thomason i do think um, you know that there's there's a lot there for people f- who who like different things or who would be looking for different things from the movie. But again, it just sort of fails to deliver in that third act. Uh, so because the movie's based in the '60s, that's kind of where my score's going to be. Unfortunately, if I had stopped watching this movie at about an hour and twenty minutes into it, it probably would have been a lot higher. But unfortunately, you got to watch these things to the end. And so unfortunately, my score's going to dip a little bit down. I'm going to have to give it. Um, I'm going to call this a 3.4 out of 5. You know, it just didn't quite deliver the ending to push it into the, that higher 4 four score for me. Nate, how about yourself? Yeah, I I mean, again, I think we've, we've managed to, to summarize our thoughts pretty well here. Um, but I think you should go see this movie. I think the way they align our experience through like this this rabbit hole story of Eloise and how she goes deeper and deeper and and the visuals are are just so phenomenal and the music is so fantastic uh and the way they play with the the reflections and the camera it's just really well done for so much of the movie that had me thinking I thought we were watching a horror movie and then <laughs> the third act we were um no offense to really good horror movies I think there's some really good ones out there but for the most part, a lot of them do fall apart in their third act, and this one's no different. So, uh, you know, I, I, as much as I did like so much of it, um, I think you're still going to have a good time with it. It's got a lot of style. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm sitting at a, I want to say a high 3.5, which Kevin would call it 3.7. But I'm going to <laughs> I'm going to give it my, uh, my traditional scores, a 3.5 out of 5 aspiring fashion designers. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat as you guys. You should see this movie if you're an Edgar Wright fan. It does have some really good tropes that are are very Edgar Wright. Um, as I mentioned, just with the camera techniques, the, the performances of, of the characters in this movie are are what elevate this this movie that much more. But again, it, it falls apart in that third act, um, going down a conventional route. And with that, I, I'm definitely with you guys. I'm at a 3.5 out of 5 uh, aspiring designers. Um, so I, I honestly think though, that if you're an Edgar Wright fan, yeah. I think this is definitely a movie that you should check out and it's, it's only in theaters. And I think what better experience than in theaters? Like, I think it just, you know, it just, it makes sense, yeah. right. For this Adds movie, the ambiance, right. Totally. So, well, that's it for our quick fire review. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And keep in mind, we have a ton of other episodes covering other content with a lot of new stuff coming up this week. So make sure you're subscribed. But until next time, Kev, Nate, thank you for joining me for this quick fire review. I appreciate you. Peace. Peace.